Good afternoon, Fabrizia. How are you? Hi, Yoko. I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's a nice sunny day here. It's actually going to be sunny for a while, which is uh, kind of a problem because we are going through a drought period. So <laughs> the land needs water, but we're getting sun. Oh, I don't know how's the situation up there in the UK. You're in the in the UK, right? Yeah, we we got rain and rain and um, but today it did not rain. So it was cloudy and a little bit of sun, but it's, it was okay. I was driving, traveling, so I was happy not to have rain. Okay, e enough about weather because after a while it's, <laughs> it's boring. Uh, we're just using <laughs> this to remember that you are in, in the UK and I think you just returned from, from Birmingham, right? Yeah, I went to the photo show, which was, I was a speaker there. The photography show in Birmingham is the biggest uh, photography show in the UK. And I was a speaker there for the first time. Actually, I, I went there for the first time because last year I couldn't go. And um, it was interesting. And yeah, we'll talk about this later. But it was uh, a really, really nice experience. Lots of people and um, lots and lots of people. So a, a really good a really good show and lots of classes and master classes and all sorts of speakers everywhere. Uh, there were a lot of very interesting things going on. So, so do you recommend yeah. going there? Yes, yes, yeah. I, I definitely would recommend it. Yes. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know about it. I mean, I knew about the photography show. I've been knowing about it for some time. But uh, I think they, they did do not consider me their target market because I didn't get any ads or emails or sponsorship for this. So I didn't know. Otherwise, I would have come. Would have oh, next fun. year we go together. Yeah, next <laughs> year. I, I was even trying to go to their website and trying to see if they already have the dates out for the next year or they have a way to sign up for a mailing list or newsletter. but couldn't find anything so I really would really like a reminder maybe you can send me a reminder when they open up the I will. the gates for for next year I will sign up try to to fit it in my in my calendar for next year because I also I saw that uh, a few other friends were there they were posting on social media about being there besides you so that would have been really nice to be there next year next year there's always one more yeah. opportunity so it was nice and if you don't go and stay in the hotels at the center which are really terrible and if you go to Solihull which is only 10 minutes away there's some really nice restaurants to go mm -hmm. to <laughs> so it 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 was quite a pleasant uh, few days all in all it was all quite well organized and nice so is that a show very much for professionals or for amateurs? Uh, is very much about the business of photography or more in general? There's both. Um, Saturday and Sunday was uh, open to non-professionals, obviously to professionals as well, but open to non-professionals. And then Monday and Tuesday uh, were just um, open to professionals. And I was only there on I was there for the weekend and then I was there on Monday and it was packed every day and a lot of professionals but also a lot of amateurs. I was speaking on a stage that was dedicated, there was master classes for people who 
uh, at Kerning Pro, so people who are not professionals but they are thinking of becoming professional. And uh, I think the room held about 200 people and it was packed um, both days. So there's a lot of interest on you know, in all ki- at all kinds of levels. So that there's a lot of interest on the part of amateurs who towards turning pro, you're saying, right? I, I think we are going to talk about a specific topic in a, in a future episode. But um, yes. um, what, what I find funny is that there's a lot of amateurs that want to turn pro. And then once they are pro, they start complaining about the amateurs. <laughs> yes. A lot of them, we see that on social media so much. And it always makes me as part of it makes me laugh and smile a bit and part of it part of it kind of pisses me off a bit because we should not be worried about you know newcomers into the business everybody has to start somewhere and so i don't understand i i do understand why people are very insecure and they feel like these newcomers are going to spill their work and so that's there's a lot of ranting and raving about nothing, I think. <laughs> There's a lot of ranting and raving, and I mean, it was uh, just uh, just today. So yet again, another post on Facebook where somebody was sharing uh, another post where somebody was asking for a um, uh, first year birthday party photographer to do a, a session there. And they would say, we cannot pay more than 25 euros. Which is kind of ridiculous, of course, but uh, then, of course, uh, everybody started ranting about this. So those people that they said, what is uh, really upsetting is not that people are asking for a birthday party service for 25 euros, but that they will find people who will do it for 25 euros. And and that means that those people are devaluing the marketing, are devaluing the profession, and it will be harder for us uh, to ask the money that we're worth, right? And it's not the first time I've seen this. And of course, it's not always uh, against the something as ridiculous as asking 25 euros for a, a full uh, service with photos and so on, but even for 250 euros or people who uh, do a, a wedding for uh, for peanuts, essentially, which is a reality. And they got Uncle Bob doing their uh, <laughs> wedding photos or uh, a younger guy or, or girl who is doing so just to, to get an experience. And maybe they will not do a good job, but uh, they're still doing it. So uh, those clients will uh, think that all wedding services or wedding uh, albums and photos and so on will only cost that amount so the people who are asking now more will see the their value their, the market devalued and will find it harder to sell what they used to sell for like maybe a thousand or two thousand euros or more and uh, yes yeah, you said it's uh, it always uh, i mean I, I see that a lot and you said that, that as well so what, what's your opinion about this do you have any well I have a story that I can tell and I tell people uh, often because um, when I moved to Austria and I decided to start, you know, doing uh, photography, first I had to wait because I had to learn a bit of the language. And so I was uh, just, you know, just 
waiting to learn the language. And when I started, I started doing portraits, and then I started adding weddings to um, to my offer. And um, I didn't have any. I had done some weddings before, years and years and years ago, but I didn't have anything done there. I didn't have anything that had a Tyrolean feeling that people could relate to. That could, you know, they could see that it wasn't something done. So I wanted to do a couple of. Um, yeah, to do a wedding just for my portfolio and I had uh, my daughter's teacher who was uh, getting married and she was a pretty girl and I said to her we had done a course together for the high school uh, and and I said well if you're getting married you know I do you have a photographer and she said I didn't know you did weddings because on your page you only have portraits which is another thing show what you want to sell okay if you don't have it on your on your website it's going to be difficult for people to book you for for things that you want to do so anyway I said well and she said we already booked a photographer and we already paid for it and it's a friend of a friend of mine and he does it at weekends and we paid 500 euros for him to come and do the the wedding and so I said, okay, no problem. And then I said, well, what is he going to shoot? And so oh, he's just coming to do some portraits and to the ceremony. And then to uh, they do two ceremonies in Austria because the weddings are really long. So they go to the church and then they go to the town hall. So it's two. And then they have a party on the street. And then they go to the reception. And then they have dinner. It just goes on and on. And so I said, look, he's not coming to your house to do the getting ready. And she said, no, no, he's only coming for a few hours, you know, during the day. And I said, okay, I will come and shoot what he doesn't shoot. And then I will shoot whatever I want. You know, I won't charge you, but I will shoot whatever I want in the way I want it. So to me, it was like I have total freedom of doing what I want uh, because you're not paying me, right? And then I said, and then you, if you want some of my photos, and if you want, you'll see them, and then you can choose what you want afterwards, and uh, you can just pay what you, what you like, and if you don't like them, fair enough, you know, I just uh, use them for my, for my portfolio. So I wasn't asking for money, and I wasn't, I was shooting whatever I wanted. As it turned out, she came, she uh, saw the photos that I took she made an album she made wall art for the house she made copies of albums for her parents she made uh, fine art prints for herself as a as a box and they ended up uh, spending about three thousand euros with me and um, and the discs the you know the cds with the photos from the other photographer who was very nice and and you know, he was not in my way and I wasn't getting in his way. He was very nice to me. Um, anyway, they're still sitting in a drawer somewhere and they never printed any of them. So this just goes to show that uh, you do things different. People will see the difference. And if they don't see the difference, then you have a problem, <laughs> right? Yeah, I think it's all about the value. Um, I think we should talk about this uh, value and the perception of value uh, that the clients get. But uh, just want to take uh, one of the things you said about things people that only do photography on weekends, right? They have another job. 
uh, and on the weekends they do photography and this allows them to be very cheap because they are done using this job to, uh, to actually it's extra money typically right they don't need it they don't really need it so it allows them to be cheap because they have almost no expenses and they don't have to to spend a lot of day trying to to find customer to manage books uh, and so on and so forth uh, okay there's a, there's a, sorry to interrupt sure. there is a, a there is a, a difference though some people who do this as a second job and so they you know they may have a day job they do this at weekends but they are registered photographers mm -hmm. anyway they do pay taxes on the money they make they charge less because they don't need to pay all their bills and put all the livelihood <laughs> onto this one job. They have another job that pays the bills and brings the money into it, you know, at the end of the month. And so they can do it as a, as a, as a, you know, it's not a hobby. It's a more serious than a hobby. They invest a bit more into it, but they are not you know, breaking the law, essentially. Mm. So they do need to charge a bit more. Uh, maybe they don't charge as much because they're not doing this full time. It's not their first job, like I said, but they are okay and they are getting started. Maybe one day that business will grow and they will be able to ditch their job. And this is the whole turning pro thing. Uh, you know, you start something and you get better at it until one day you can actually shift from one thing that maybe a job you don't like to photography that you love. Okay, the second kind of people are people who are just doing it, you know, and under the counter. And so that is, and that happens in every trade and in every business. People are going to fix your car for, you know, and without giving you an invoice and people who are not. Um, of course, what happens is that they don't have insurance. They don't have a whole load of, you know, the, the guarantees yeah, yeah. that even a semi-professional would have for his clients. So clients go and book these people for 25 euros or whatever it is at their own risk. Uh, you know, and if, if ever there is even a, a check or something, um, you know, they might be in trouble. So it's two different kinds of, two different kinds of people that do this weekend yeah. work right yeah. yeah sure i mean i don't even want to go into the category of those who do it under the covers uh, that's that's not uh, but full disclosure i'm actually in the first category that you were referring to i mean i've i still do have another job that is paying the bills for me plus i do photography as a registered professional uh, the difference there is is probably that i don't uh I don't have low prices. <laughs> I set my prices to the level that they were if I were full-time employed in photography. Yeah. E even maybe more than, than the average. Uh, be because that, that's where I want to go. And I don't want to uh, be perceived as one who is cheap. Then Because then maybe I will always be attract cheap clients. Right? Absolutely. Yes. Um, but my m what I wanted to say is that uh, and this is something that I, I, I answer to somebody who was making this rant against people only working on, on weekends. And he said, uh, the manager of a company who has a lot of money uh, to spare and he buys a nice camera and then he does weddings or any other type of photography in the weekend has an unfair advantage. 
because he can allow to if he wastes his money or loses money that's not a problem for him and i said well maybe that's an unfair advantage but he has a disadvantage because five days of the week he has to work at his job as a manager at a company and that can be very demanding as a job and he also probably has a family and he wants to take time off so he only has two days a week to dedicate to photography uh, and you have seven days a week if you want and in those extra five days you have the opportunity to grow your skills to become much better than he can ever be only working two days you have five days where you can do marketing develop your network of customers or connections and so on you can go to a conference to get yourself out there and be known you can write for uh, journals newspapers magazine other blogs and so on to get your name out there and the manager can't because he doesn't have the time so he has an advantage but you have an advantage that you can make you that can make you stand out more than than he will ever be able to do so that's not yeah and also yeah and also unfair advantage in about about buying some gear that is never the advantage no. because you know whether i buy a camera i i bought a camera that was barely over a thousand euros i think when i started because i didn't have much capital i didn't have much money i worked with it for two years it wasn't even a full frame it was a d7000 works really well it did what i wanted it to do it was perfect for what i wanted it to do it was not full frame the quality was great it printed wonderful albums everything was fine when i was making more money then i bought a full frame and i i invested in lenses before i even invested invested in a camera so you know what is the unfair advantage we don't need that much to do good photography you really can do good photography with your smartphone <laughs> you mm. can you know so uh it's really about uh, your skill and what you 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 bring to it and um and so this this ranting about somebody just because they have more money or they don't need the money they have an unfair advantage i don't think also because how much is a lot of money it's different mm -hmm. for every one of us you know for some people a thousand euros is a lot of money to spend on a camera and for some it's like you don't even get a lens with that so uh what is the unfair advantage i don't i no, you know it's it's only about i think it's um people's insecurities that really play against them and the fact that you've got to blame somebody outside of yourself for the situation you're in so you're not getting enough clients ah it's because there's all those other people out there who work for half my you know for less than my price and uh, that's not taking responsibility for your own work and for your own business and uh seeing that you've got to change something to make it work but but, but 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 let, let me play the devil's advocate here because yeah? i'm just okay. uh, repeating what I, what I read, right? Those amateurs that work on weekends or whatever, they are driving down the price, the market price of photography. And uh, we won't be able to sell at the same price that we used to. And the, clients are, the clients are not uh, able to perceive the difference between an amateur that does, as you said, for a 500 euros does a wedding but uh, I do the same work for 5,000 euros and they will not see the difference. Uh, 
ignoring the fact that you just gave an example of the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Your devil, your devil is very uninformed. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, okay. If I have somebody down the street that does exactly what I do for a third of the price, there is... I need to take responsibility for the fact that I'm not a very good photographer then. Mm. Um, there are some very talented hobbyists. I'm not I'm not putting that that the I'm not putting people down in terms of you know a hobbyist uh, an amateur can and take amazing photos because they can work on their skills for something that they absolutely love for years and years and years. Maybe they've done it for 30 years, right? Mm -hmm. And they never had to you know make money on it so they were free to explore their creativity to ex to experiment and to you know to grow their skill so the problem is the difference between an amateur and a professional is not the level of the skill is the fact that if you tell me this is a job this is the day this is how i want it right or this is what we're gonna do on that day no matter what happens i deliver and I deliver high quality photos. An amateur can go and take the same photo 10 times until he gets it right on different days because for nine times he gets it wrong. Then he will publish the, the good one, right? We don't have that, that chance. We have to do it this mm -hmm. day with this model, with this wedding, with this portrait, with this whatever it is that we do. We need to do it when we when we say we do it and we got to get it right first time you know that's being a profession yeah you know, we deliver the job and uh, an amateur doesn't have to deliver anything on that day it doesn't work i'll do it again tomorrow next sunset next sunrise next whatever time the birds fly by whatever <laughs> i can i can take all the time that i want to get the shot that i want and so that is that is the big difference yeah. and um, so that's one thing and the other thing again if you can't see the difference between what I do on that day and someone else does on that day then it means that you really need to work on your skill and the third thing is it's not just about the photography photography doesn't bring your clients it's a service so there is so much more that goes in. You mentioned your brand, your marketing, your your the way you deal with clients, everything that we uh, talk about when we talk about business. Business is twenty percent photography, eighty percent a whole bunch of other stuff. And if you don't do it, then you're not, you know, you're not going to get anywhere, and you you cannot grow as a professional. Yeah, I think you're too good because I was replying on, on one of those threads uh, on a comment said that it's not just the quality of the photos and the quality of the photos. I mean, photography is what we do. Ten, I said 10% of the time and 90. Yeah. You need to be 10% of the time. You need to be a really good photographer just to yeah. people can see the difference. 90% <laughs> of the time you really need to be an amazing business person, a great marketer, a genius at <laughs> putting your name out there. That, that's what you need to do to, to stand out. Then you will not worry about the amateurs that uh, will steal your job. And if you do, I mean, uh, other people who are willing to pay 25 euros for a uh, for a birthday party or 200 euros for a wedding, are they really your your target market 
Is that absolutely, where you want to go? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. And anyway, besides all that, that I don't. I have never seen um, a master baker or you know a patisserie place complain because mothers bake their own birthday cakes for their kids. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like everybody does everything. So it doesn't really matter. The same mother who bakes the cake tomorrow can go to this master chef and order a hundred pound cake, right? <laughs> that is beautiful for, for some special event. We all have clients who take their own photos a lot of the time. And then sometimes they say, okay, now I want this family portrait done really well. I'm going to go to a professional. I'm going to spend some money and invest in it. And so our clients understand that. And um, I think uh, the photographers complain about this situation. They still have an amateur mind. Mm -hmm. What I think is that nobody becomes a photographer because they have an entrepreneurial mind. Otherwise, they would have done something else, right? True. So we all come into this profession because of the passion, because we're creatives, because we love photography, and because we just want to do it 24-7. And then we have to realize that we are running a business we have a company to run and we have to be entrepreneurs and if we don't learn how to do that the business is going to go under and 80 percent of businesses fail in the first three years that is across the board not just in photography i think in photography probably more because um, photographers are not good at you know that that's not they unless they come from a corporate job and so they've already done that transition and they've been maybe in marketing or in a big company working but if they go straight into photography they have no clue how to crunch numbers to make things work and to do their own you know branding marketing and to place themselves in a market and do all of that stuff so that's that's what happens and then people take their clients and then they complain <laughs> So the solution is not to lower your prices. Never, never, never. The solution is actually double your prices mm -hmm. because then there will be and then live up to them. You know, then your service has to be up to that standard, obviously. Otherwise, you're just ripping people off. But um, the solution is to go up and to create a big, meaningful gap between the, the weekend warriors and the professionals who do a great job. Uh, there is no, uh, what I call the, the shark pool, you know, the middle ground. Mm -hmm. That's where everything is, is really, really difficult, trying to survive in there. Uh, that's where everybody's fighting for everything. It's the, that middle, middle range thing that nobody wants to be in. That's uh, a similar rant that you can sometimes goes around and around on on social media. Maybe I should stop reading so much social media, but <laughs> <laughs> I use it a lot to keep in touch with people. So sometimes I'm subjected to those rants and it is where people will share a meme or a, there was one where a photographer was sharing a photo of him together with laying on the ground together with all of his equipment and says, when I ask so much money, it's also because I have all those equipment that I had to pay for, not even mentioning the hours of training I had to do to go through and pay for them and so on and so forth. And my reaction is, nobody cares. 
<laughs> nobody, but nobody other photographers, your customers don't care about your how much your bills cost, right? They, they only care about the yeah. value that you're delivering. So you cannot justify your your prices based on how much it costs to produce that. N not in this field, I believe. I mean, you're not selling cars or sugar or a commodity because if you, I mean, if you're just basing your no, prices. But in no field. Have you, ever, have you ever heard of like a really good butcher that might maybe has, you know, really good meat and costs more than a supermarket to have outside, you know, start complaining that how much it costs to run the shop? <laughs> they, they don't. Mm -hmm. And that always makes me laugh. It's, uh, you yeah, can it's do the, the same job with a lot less equipment most you, of the times anyway. You don't go to a <laughs> three-star Michelin restaurant. And they say, yeah. they give you yeah. the, the bill and it's 300 euros. And you say, I want to know how much your pants cost or the oven. <laughs> That's not yeah. the point. But there, there are some, I mean, some. if you're selling a commodity, you're selling sugar, you're selling machine parts. It's not maybe a commodity, but if you're selling uh, uh, screws and bolts and nuts, well, of course, it's, uh, it's based on price. There are differences in quality, but... Uh, yeah, for for anything that is even remotely creative, be it cooking, writing, taking photos, that it's not the cost of the equipment that determines the price, or that you should use to justify your price. That's, that's not, of course, you have to take into account your cost of producing the goods. Otherwise, you would go out of business. But you don't don't use that to justify your prices and say you should respect me. I cost so much because. Of all these, I have four cameras, 19 lenses, uh, three bags, uh, an army of assistants, uh, and uh, and studio lights. Yeah, it's exactly the care? same thing. And you know, some some people, uh, you know, I work with a lot of photographers, and then we, we we talk about you know making a price list and talking about you know how much to charge for you know a print, and they go, oh, how do I justify charging so much for a print when you know the client can go into the shop next door and buy it for you know half 50 cents or a euro or whatever and i always say like i don't sell paper and ink mm -hmm. even it's fine art paper and ink i don't sell paper and ink i'm selling my image they can go and print their own image for a euro mine costs a lot more because it's my image right <laughs> so people have this 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 thing that you know that the the stuff that you're printing on the album or whatever should be you know should cost so much because oh you can you can a client can go and find it somewhere else first of all i offer things that clients cannot buy by themselves because they're only made for professionals so it's really important that we we also offer things that are different that uh, the quality of everything that we do is different otherwise you know what are we here for um, there needs to be a very, very clear difference between professional photography, which is a luxury item. Mm -hmm. Absolutely a luxury. It is not a commodity. It is not, it is not, you know, food and heating and a roof over your head. It's not clothes. It's not basic, you know, things you need. Nobody needs photography. It's something that is a special, special thing. It needs to be. Okay, I think we have uh, 
I think we've ranted enough. <laughs> we, 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 we've ranted we, enough. We ranted counter, against the rant. Counter ranted. <laughs> counter ranted. Uh, <laughs> don't want to keep this episode too long, but I, I feel like we, we have material for for more. As we said, we'll be talking about turning pro in a future episode and so on. But I think we've given our yes. view that on on this debate, and I think we pretty much uh, think alike. Yes, and that is uh, that is a really good thing. I realized that, uh, especially uh, speaking, it was something that I've been thinking about for the past few months, and it's the reason why I went to speak at the pro at the photography show on the turning pro stage because there is so little education about turning pro, and there is uh, nobody really teaching anything. Thing, but mm -hmm. what do you need? You know, now we said uh, you need to spend 90% doing all other stuff, but you know, people who want to turn pro, how do they, you know, where do they find this information? So I am going to um, start a program about it and I'm thinking about it, and there's a lot to be said about it. So, yes, we could do another podcast about it and just give people some information about that. I'm sure there's a lot of people who. Uh, would like to yeah. know a bit more about the non-photography side of being a professional photographer. I would just like to <laughs> close this episode by quoting again Seth Godin <laughs> because I love him yes. and I, I believe that you cannot be a really successful professional photographer if you have not read at least a few of his books, you're yeah. not subscribed to his blog or to his podcast because it's so, I'm just kidding, but I mean, it's uh, it's really a, a treasure trove of uh, tidbits and suggestions and, and things. And he has this blog post that he wrote some time ago and it's titled, Nobody Doubles at Dentistry, which I would like to, uh, <laughs> if you give me a minute to, to quote in yes. its entirety, it's very short and it's very, very apropos about what we were saying. And, and Seth says that there are some jobs that are only done by accredited professionals. Like, you, I'm just adding, you could be a surgeon, okay? You don't want an amateur to be a surgeon. <laughs> but then there are most jobs and jobs that some people do for fun now and then, perhaps in front of the bathroom mirror. It's difficult to find your footing when you're a logo designer, a comedian, or a project manager, or I would add a photographer, because these are gigs that many people think they can do, at least just a little bit. If you're doing a one of those non-dentist jobs, uh, the best approach is to be extraordinarily good at it. So much better than an amateur that there's really no room for discussion. You don't have to justify yourself. Your work justifies you. The alternative is to simply whine about the fact that everyone thinks that they can do what you do. The thing is, it might be true. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think this does not, as we said, does not only apply to, uh, you say, you do not dabble in photography if you want to be really great at it, right? Uh, yeah. There must be no room for, but, but it's not just about the quality of the photos. It's about much more else. It's about what the professional, the fact that a professional can deliver, can be dependable, and can be a great business person. That's all part of of the overall skills of a, of a professional photographer or a professional creative artist in any logo designer, right? Uh, or anything else. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That absolutely sums it up. So. Good. Yeah. So that's, that's <laughs> good. Gonna, then I'll, Yep, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Good. Is so uh, I think uh, we've uh, covered this uh, this topic in, in great depth, and I'm sure our well, our listeners will have appreciated this. But again, uh, there's always a way to uh, send us feedback. Tell us what you yes, love. Yes, I, you, I would. Uh, I would really like to know what they think. What you know. Talking to the listeners, what do you think about this, and what do you feel about what we spoke about? If you leave your comments and more questions, then we'll pick them up next time. Of course, uh, you can just go to our website at closingthegap.live and uh, click on this this episode. This is going to be episode eleven, I believe. And under every episode, we have a little button where you can just. Uh, that you can just click and uh, if you want to just record a question or a comment you can do it very quickly like a voice message or you can use the old method of typing a comment or uh, getting in touch with us via email or our contact form on the website whatever works we are listening to everyone we really want your feedback um, so thanks for uh, for listening thanks for being with us thanks to you Fabrizia for your time and uh, we'll see you next week Thank you. See you next week. Bye-bye.